Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Julia Ivanko is with us today. She is program officer of the Love and Fidelity Network, and she's going to tell us about something called the Be Somebody to Somebody course. Welcome, Ms. Ivanko. Thank you, Mark. It's nice to be talking with you today. Uh, General question to start out. What what, uh, is the Love and Fidelity Network? The Love and Fidelity Network was begun in 2007. It was a program developed for and by students who were reacting to the hookup culture on specifically Princeton University's campus, but eventually Love and Fidelity Network expanded to cover at least 30, 20 to 30 different schools. So over the years, we fluctuated, of course, as leaders have cycled out in and out through the natural ebbs and flows of college life. But through all those years, we've been essentially hosting events with the best thinkers, researchers on the subjects of love and fidelity. And that covers everything from marriage to family life to dating to chastity and to essentially any, anything in that realm of human relationships. Yeah. Was there any, just out of curiosity, was there any specific event or experience at Princeton that provoked the founding of the Love and Fidelity Network there? So there were a few different things. It's almost a constellation of issues. The first is just the social culture being really heavily involved in hooking up and partying and social life on the weekends or outside of of classes and activities um, being pushed towards that. So some students, especially those who were wanting to remain chaste and who wanted to live out their values free of judgment or with just friends who can strengthen them in their resolve, were seeking an alternative kind of social, social scene. That's one aspect of it. But then another is actually the college programming itself being leaning toward sort of one conception of sex and why people engage in it, why college students engage in it, and really separating sex from the context of relationships, especially from the context of marriage. And so these students were really concerned with, in particular, a lot of freshman orientation programming, including a play that would involve college characters, all of whom were 
essentially trying to essentially the the this freshman orientation play would be about alcohol and about consent but primarily about consent and so there was just one-sided representation you say in in one of your documents you talk about how much quote sex positivity there is in a lot of this college program what what is sex positivity the sex positivity is a general sort of outlook about sex. It's based off of the idea that sex in the past has been viewed as negative. It's been controlled. And this type of heavy control is unnatural. So a lot of people, when they think of sex negativity, they think of, well, it depends. For some people, it's really, you know, waiting for marriage itself is, is repressive. The fact that you're discouraged from pursuing or growing your sexual expertise at a younger age, perhaps in your teens, that's seen as somewhat unhealthy. So sex positivity is sort of a reaction to, in some cases, probably, you know, it, it, there is some sex negativity that could be harmful. But in general, sex positivity has been enthusiastically embraced by our culture in the media and also really by college campuses. Um, and it manifests itself in just a general attitude of campus programming from health, student health departments to kind of student init student-run initiatives, residential like advisors or, um, you know, RAs on your hall. Older students are often at many universities required to hand out condoms and um, regardless of their conscientious ob objections unless you're willing to put up a fight essentially you're going to have to contend with sex positivity at some point during your time at a college institution and and so the love and fidelity network uh is sort of a, a counterweight you've got the college culture and a lot of these kids who really are a little uncomfortable with the college culture, they've got the Love and Fidelity Network to be, a again, a, a counterculture. That's the idea? Exactly. And, I mean, the idea isn't to just stop at a counterculture. The real goal is to focus on the dynamic of relationships, and that really just benefits everyone, regardless of ideological background or even regardless of experiences. There are a lot of students who come to us um, or who join one of our chapters, and they've gone through the experience of hookup culture, either a lot or a little. They may have been hurt by it. They may have encountered it just through one of their friends having to, you know, comfort their, their friend after, you know, a, a bad encounter. So really the goal is to kind of expand the framework through which we talk about sexuality, especially on college campuses where it's really, everyone's so afraid to make any kind of grand proclamation about what's acceptable. Um, people are afraid to pontificate or moralize about it. But it's really crucial that students have, you know, an outlet to talk about love and romance, self-control um, and restraint. Responsibility is a huge thing. Um, and you see that burgeoning in discussions of consent, but really consent just doesn't get to the heart of the issue. It's not as fundamental as 
you know, love or responsibility, the relationship between those two things. You know, in your experience in college, did you witness a lot of friends or acquaintances who ended up damaged by the culture? And I don't mean, I don't mean assault. I don't mean any, any, any acts of, of, of violence or abuse, really, but just the, the again, the, the, the sex positivity took an emotional toll on a lot of, of people you saw. Did you see that? Did you see that? I think so. Um, just speaking as a woman, I mean, I had friends or, and knew of people who were sort of performing in this culture because it does call for performance. It calls for a sort of new mating dance, if you will, in the absence of former rituals such as to go back a, a little bit farther than some, than some of my contemporaries, courtship, for example, in the presence of family, in the presence of a community, or even just traditional dating when you ask somebody out to coffee and it's casual, but it's a, t- it's a time to explore together whether you want to enter into a, la- a relationship together. Um, and I think from young women's perspective, it's really hard to figure out what it is that you want in a relationship when there's overwhelming pressure to hook up or it's seen as, you know, sex and partying are kind of the way that you meet people. It's the way that you would enter into, I guess, a more intimate, it's a it's a way of taking like an approach to intimacy, I, I guess I would say. And the college culture, the RAs or the advisors, the orientations, they're going to talk a lot about sexually transmitted diseases and they'll talk a lot about consent. Uh, but do they ever talk about emotional damage from, uh, you know, quick and easy transactional relationships, as you put it? Any, any acknowledgement that this Ah, this could start uh, eroding one's one's well-being. Um, I'd say minimal, minimal at best. But there are plenty of people who see the negative effects of this. For instance, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember, but there there was an, an um, a program, a sex ed program. It's tar- it's targeted toward high school, middle school age groups, but. Basically, the contention is sex ed has failed. Um, We talk a lot about, you know, the the dangers of disease. We talk about we talk about the physical how to. We talk about pleasure, but we don't talk about how you even come to the point of a sexual encounter. We don't talk about the relational elements, which are so crucial and inescapable when you're talking about sexuality. And there's a lot of, I think, simmering under the surface of individuals who have felt sort of restricted by this culture. They, they would love to meet somebody. They, they themselves don't really espouse sex positivity as it's articulated in more extreme corners of the university, but they, really are just, you know, normal people. They want a relationship with someone or they they want to date casually. 
but intentionally. And there's not much advice when it comes to those things. Well, what is a transactional relationship here? A transactional relationship in terms of poker culture or just yeah, in general? Yeah, yeah. In, in this context. What's the transaction? Well, the transaction would be essentially <laughs> sex is a sort of token. It can be used that way, even if it's not the intention of one or both parties. It's functionally what happens when the basis of a relationship or the beginning of a relationship comes about in this context of hooking up. There's a sense of disposability in hookup culture. There's a sense of, you know, we're just testing the waters, but there's not the sense of this is another human being whom I should cherish, even if I don't end up dating them. And the result is degradation of different kinds for either party. Did you witness a lot of powerful, long-lasting romances in college? Yeah, actually a few. Well, so I, the ones that I witnessed tended to be from my faith community. And that's something that, you know, LFM serves because we're, we don't ascribe to any particular religious set of values or um, secular values. Really, we're open to everybody. I think a lot of students find that it's only in their, their faith-based ministries that they tend to see these kinds of strong relationships um, burgeoning. So that was sort of my experience. I found that there are a few really strong relationships that lasted maybe half, half or over, over halfway through college, and they ended in marriage. Um, I've witnessed healthy dating, not just in a faith community, but some other examples of healthy dating where, you know, you're interested in someone and you ask them out and it's not a huge deal, but it's exciting. And so that was really heartening to see because, you know, I, th I think it's really easy um, for us pointing out the negative elements of sex positivity and hookup culture and overshadow the real, like, interpersonal, beautiful interpersonal interactions that still happen and that are still persisting in spite of the atmosphere. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you were looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. On the college cultures part, do you find an effort to level male and female sexuality, sort of treat them as pretty much the same? Absolutely. Um, I think, well, I can speak from experience on this one. I graduated from Princeton in 2019, and I don't remember which year it was exactly, but there was a point at which 
bathrooms were unlocked. There were there you, there used to be code locks on the women's bathrooms, but one year they were just gone, which to me basically sent, it, that sent the message to me and to some of my friends. We don't value your privacy and we don't acknowledge the sexual difference between you and your male compatriots. So that's one example. And I think in general, you don't get targeted programming to men and women. Of course, the women's center, you would find some targeted programming, but even, even that is open to women, men, and more recently people of all genders. So it's, there really is a flattening of sexual difference. I think not just as a result of feminism, but as a result of increasing gender ideology. So I think it's really, I think it's really a big problem because if you can't, if you can't read the differences between men and women, um, if, if you as a woman cannot tell the difference between yourself and a man, that can lead to disastrous consequences. What is the Be Somebody to Somebody course? Essentially, each of our chapters has in the past kind of cobbled together their own readings, some research that we have available to them, resources that we've discovered and we find helpful. But we wanted to make something that was a bit more long-lasting throughout the year and something that just kind of lifted the burden from student leaders a bit. We also wanted to focus a lot more on inspiring and beautiful examples of marriage and friendship in the literature. We really wanted to incorporate literary elements to our programming. So essentially the Be Somebody to Somebody course serves as a, a, it's almost a forum. Essentially, you're reading works of social science, of literature, poetry, sometimes the Bible, sometimes mythology, sometimes, you know, even there are some video clips in there. And it's just really a forum for discussing major themes to kind of reestablish dating and marriage norms in practice to give students the, the confidence to kind of open up about these really fundamental issues of love and romance um, and even community and friendship. So our goal with the course is really to reintroduce some of the ancient and modern wisdom that we have at our disposal to um, kind of recall, you know, it's a question every generation asks, you know, what, what is love? What is, what does it mean to be married to someone? What does marriage call for? What sorts of virtues do we need in friendship or in any kind of relationship? So we want to bring that discourse back to the university where it's become so depersonalized. Um, discussions of literature, I think, focus a lot on deconstruction rather than on personal construction um, or taking inspiration, personal inspiration from these texts. How do people get to join or start? 
a Be Somebody course? Well, so if you go onto our website, lawsandfidelity.org, we have under initiatives a section designated reading groups. And so if you click on reading groups, you'll see you can start a reading group on campus. You don't have to have an existing chapter at your school. We want this to be as flexible and casual as possible. So there's a, a button you can click on. Click here to be notified when our reading curriculum goes live because it's still in the final stages of development. Um, and we will, we will notify you, essentially. We'll notify students um, or interested parties when, when it's available. You know, one of the issues on college campuses today is the female-to-male uh, ratio. For example, in the Cal State system, it's pretty much two to one, uh, females to males. Do you find that this is complicating the, the work? Is, is this an important wrinkle in the work of the Love and Fidelity Network? Well, it's an interesting question. And I suppose I haven't thought about how that would directly bear on our work, but it seems actually that more men tend to be, tend to tend to be interested in our chapters. Hmm. They tend to run our chapters. That's not to say there aren't women. There are plenty of women. I do think that the kind of sex ratio, I think it would affect, I think it would affect the interactions between the sexes. I think that there's, you know, there's already such an emphasis on raising women up and giving women the spotlight and for good, you know, for good reasons. But certainly I think there's, there's this imbalance and it affects the dating culture. There are a lot of women who maybe feel like they can't find a partner that they, they're, they're going to keep waiting. They're not going to try to date because they're not, they're not really interested in people that they've met. And I, I'm not sure I can speak for the men, but that's sort of my impression from the female side of things. Yeah, yeah. You refer to a certain naive idealism on the part of people, you know, like college counselors and so on, who focus on consensual sex. What is the nature of their idealism? I would say that they're idealistic in the sense that they're hoping, wishing that consent will sort of be that magic ingredient to end all, dissatisf all dissatisfaction, all sexual dissatisfaction and dysfunction. But I think that just can't be the case because there's so much more that goes into a sexual interaction than mere mechanics or mere boundary setting. How do you even define the boundary if you haven't defined the nature of your relationship with one another? It seems to me that's an obvious question, and it, I think it's a pretty obvious question for anybody who's considering a hookup or a relationship, but we're not really getting that conversation. We're getting a lot of the same kind of talk on consent and driving away the, the point that you need an enthusiastic yes. What is an enthusiastic yes in a marriage? How does that differ from 
you know, the enthusiastic vocal yes that is demanded for legal reasons on a college campus. I think they're quite different, and I think any any married couple would, I think they would find it kind of comical that it's reduced to simply a matter of, a, of an enthusiastic vocal yes. Yeah, it just seems that it, it's so rational. You know, it, it just... It just overlooks or, or ignores all of the irrational elements that go into forms of seduction and involvement and lust and love and all those other complications can't be, they can't be resolved by consent. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Absolutely. it's complicated. <laughs> That's why it is so important, I think, to uphold. Uh, certain virtues, let's say, of chastity and of, uh, of you know, just uh, taking, well, in a way, it's taking sex a little more seriously. Taking your own body, your own feelings, your own soul, your own spirit more seriously. And this is how I, how, how I put it. I mean, the, the sexual revolution, to me, didn't honor sex. It dishonored sex. Uh, it made sex cheap and easy. And, and so, you know, the, the opposite of what was often said. Um, well, so let me, let me uh, last question. How, how would people go about starting a chapter on, on a campus? Well, if you want to start a chapter, you can simply email us. Well, first, first join our mailing list because we do have, you know, weekly content that we share. We have a weekly newsletter to sort of introduce you to our topics um, and into what, what we're talking about. But you can also contact us um, if you scroll down to the bottom of our homepage and just, just give us a, um, a call, an email. Um, we're happy to basically answer any questions you have. We're happy to help you navigate, you know, how do you start a club it can be rather difficult because of just the the kind of environment college campuses have become. So um, we have a lot of experience dealing with um, challenges that you might find. So we're happy to help. That lets our audience know uh, where they can go, parents, teachers, and, and students as well. Uh, Julia Ivanko, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.